church and I hope you guys had a great week and I know it's been really cold and raining all week and it's it's been kind of gross outside but uh, I'm glad that this morning that we can spend time in scripture and spend time um, I know we're not together but we can spend time reading the same passage and hearing what the Lord has to say and and this week we can gather uh, in bridge groups to share more about what's been going on in our lives and and talk about how bad the weather is. And I'm being from Mississippi. First of all, I'm really glad I'm not there this week because it was like a blizzard down there. Uh, I thought moving north, it would be colder here, but it turns out I might've been wrong. Um, but in Mississippi, it, it, I'm not really used to cold weather for as long. So I am definitely ready for this cold weather, uh, to pass and to get to spring and to get to warmer weather. Uh, but uh, this week we're going to continue in our series that I'm calling The Cost of Following Jesus. Last week we talked about denying ourselves. We talked about how we need to put off our old self and to put on the new. And to do that is self-denial of our wants, our honor, our self-righteousness, our, our ambitions. But rather put on Jesus and to follow him and to put on his will and to follow his will. And last week, we took time to look at a couple examples. We looked at the disciples being called out by Jesus, and we also looked at Jesus washing his disciples' feet. I hope that in your bridge groups, uh, you were able to talk about other examples. I know my group, we were able to talk about five or six other examples to, do, to just talk about um, denial of self, and we were able to flesh some of those out, and we got, we got examples from Scripture, but also some personal examples examples. So it was a very encouraging bridge group to me, and I hope that the other bridge groups are going well, and I hope those are encouraging to you as well. And I, I just encourage you, if you are not a part of a bridge group, I just encourage you to join one. And if you want to join one, you can email me or Matt, and we'll get you set up and we'll get you into one. You don't even have to be a member of the bridge. If you're just checking out the bridge and you want to check out a bridge group, we would love for you to join one and uh, to see to see how how you would fit into the bridge groups. Um, so yeah, so if you want to be a part of one, just email us and we'll get you in into one. So this week we're in part two of the cost of following Jesus, and we're this week we're going to look at what it means to take up our cross. So we're still going to be in Matthew 16. So if you have your Bible or a phone or an iPad, whatever you have. Turn to Matthew 16, and I'm going to read through verses 24 to 28 again. We're, we're not going to be in verses 25 to 28 until next week, so you'll have to come back to next week to get those verses. We're going to be in the second part of Matthew 16, verse 24. But I do want to read the whole passage just to get us familiar with it, and um, so we can be prepared and ready for next week. And this week, I encourage you to go ahead and read Matthew 16, 24 to 28, and be prepared with questions uh, or insights that you might have uh, in bridge groups. So I, I just encourage you to go ahead and read that. All right, so I hope by now that you've gotten to Matthew 16, and so I'm going to read, I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to talk about it. 
Verse 24, and this is out of the ESV. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Father God, I, I thank you for uh, just your goodness. I thank you for your mercy and your love. And thank you for just this time where we can study scripture and just hear what you have to say. And Lord, I, I pray that uh, I will honor you in my speech and that you will um, just block my words, God, that, that your words will come out, Father, Lord, and that uh, ultimately you will be glorified in all this. And God, I pray for uh, just that uh, you'll just keep all of us healthy and safe, and especially down south, um, where I know there's a lot of power outage and a lot of trees have fallen down and the roads aren't very safe, Lord. I pray that you'll just keep everyone down there safe and keep us safe here um, on the roads. And I know it might be icy, but Lord, I pray that uh, for the sunshine to come on out, oh God. And I do pray for uh, everyone with COVID still, that you will continue to keep us all healthy and uh, and well, oh Lord. And God, I pray for this time. I do pray that you'll Bless the reading and proclamation of your word, God, and I pray that, um, again, that you will be glorified in it. So, Lord, I love you, and I praise you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, last week, as I said, we talked about denial of self. And if you haven't watched that sermon, I encourage you to go back and watch it. It should be on our website, and if you don't have time to watch it, uh, we have a podcast now where you can listen to it while you're driving or while you're running or whatever you do. Um, so you can listen to it via podcast. And so I just encourage you to, uh, after this sermon sometime this week, to watch that one um, on denial of self. And then and then maybe rewatch this one on what it means to take up your cross. And so as I said last week, uh, Jesus says to his disciples, if you're going to follow me, you have to do two things. And remember, Jesus says, redundant in his speech here. He says, if you're going to come after me, you have to do two things. You have to deny yourself and take up your cross. And then he says, you have to do these things to follow me. So let's talk about what it means to take up your cross. First of all, why is the cross significant? Yes, Jesus, we know that Jesus will die on a cross. We have that information. The disciples, they do too. But you know they hadn't seen this. This Jesus dying on the cross hasn't happened yet. So for the disciples, why was this a very important um, uh, matter to die on the cross, to take up our cross? So the disciples would have been very familiar with the cross. Uh, the cross was used in this time to ex- to execute criminals. It wasn't a it wasn't a, a proud death. It was a very shameful death. It wasn't an honorable death. Um, it was very shameful. 
And it wasn't an instant death. It was, it took time. If you remember scripture, it wasn't the immediate death for Jesus. It was um, over a periodic time. It was prolonged and it was meant to be prolonged. It was meant to be torturous for the criminal. So when Jesus tells the disciples to take up the cross, they would have, they would have understood what that meant, that it was, uh, for criminals, it was shameful and that it was, and it was torturous. And this would have been very difficult for the disciples to hear. So when he tells the disciples to take up your cross, what does Jesus mean? Does Jesus mean he, he tell them, you know, go grab a cross and just take it up somewhere? I mean, no, I don't think he was uh, meaning to go, every, we all need to go get crosses and just walk down the street with them. Now, that might be a good exercise, a physical exercise, and it might be a good uh, representation of what Jesus did, but that's not, I don't think Jesus is calling us to go get a cross and walk it up a hill every day. But similarly, similarly to denying yourself, Jesus means, and taking up your cross, to love him more than ourselves. It means following God's will, no matter the cost. Taking up your cross means following God's will, no matter the cost. John Piper says it like this, Take up your cross is to be willing, without murmuring or God criticism, or cowardice, to be opposed, to be shamed, to suffer, and to die, all for your allegiance to Him, all for your allegiance to God. So for the sake of the gospel, we have to be willing to be persecuted and shamed. Now Jesus, on several accounts, talks about persecution, and He tells followers of Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. Now, I'm going to say, say several verses, and you don't have to turn there. But if you would like to turn there, you're more than welcome to. But first of all, in John 15, Jesus says, If the world hates you, know that it hated me first. He says, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Matthew 5.10 Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Luke 6.22, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. I'm going to read that one again. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Paul also talks about taking up your cross. Now, he doesn't use those words exactly. But he says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. Now, what does that sound like? Does that sound like what John Piper said uh, with his description of taking up your cross? Here's what he said again. Taking up your cross is to be willing to be opposed to be shamed, to suffer, and to die for your allegiances, for your allegiance to, to Jesus. So Paul says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
the cost of following Jesus and taking up a cross is in doing that, we will be opposed. We will be shamed for the gospel. As Again, as I said for denial of self, our love for Jesus is what fuels us taking up our cross. And the Holy Spirit gives us strength to take up our cross. This isn't a battle that we're going through alone. That Jesus isn't saying, here, you do this, but we're going to be over here, we're going to be your supporters, but you go take up your cross. No, Jesus, they, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has given us strength to deny ourselves and to take up our cross. But we will not be able to take up our cross without being filled and full with Jesus. We cannot do it on our own. But taking up our cross means our lives are all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. As Again, as I talked about denial of self, our old self is put away and we put on the new self. Denial of ourselves and taking up our cross, they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. I mean, you definitely can't take up your cross before you deny yourself. If you're full of yourself, then you're not going to want to take up your cross. So that's why Jesus says, to follow me, you have to do these two things. Deny yourself and take up your cross. Because ultimately, our lives, now that we're in Jesus, now that we are followers of Jesus, are about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's why, to me, the prosperity gospel is just absurd. The prosperity gospel says, you receive Jesus, now you get these things. This is what Jesus can do for me. Because I'm in Jesus, I can be healthy, I can be wealthy, I can have all the friends, life is perfect. That's what the prosperity gospel tells us. But that's not what Jesus tells us here. Jesus says, if you are going to follow me, you're going to deny yourself and take up your cross. If you are to follow me, you are willing to be shamed, opposed, suffer, and die for me. Now, that is opposite of what the prosperity gospel is teaching. So it just blows my mind that the prosperity gospel is just so, uh, just, it's so big and so much right now in our context. But Jesus doesn't preach the prosperity gospel. When we receive Jesus, we receive exactly that, Jesus. We receive God, eternal life with him, and our reward is in heaven, not here. Our reward is in heaven, not here. And Jesus says in Matthew 10, if you don't take up your cross, you're not worthy to follow me. He says, whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So Jesus is saying, if you're going to be a follower of me, you have to be willing to take up your cross. And here's another instance where Jesus explicitly says to follow him, we may have to be shamed. We may have to be opposed. We may have to suffer. And we may have to die for him. Now, I'm going to, like last week, I'm going to show you some examples of people taking up their cross. 
A couple of these are going to be from Scripture. And then I'm going to give you a couple uh, uh, more recent examples. The first example that I'm going to give are, well, they're both going to be in the book of Acts, but the first one is in Acts 5. If you remember back to, to Matt a couple of weeks ago, he talked about Acts 5 and the apostles. The apostles were arrested for, for teaching Jesus. They were arrested for speaking the gospel. And these, the, this court said, look, don't do this anymore. You're not allowed to go speak the gospel. But what did they say? Look, you can, you can tell us whatever you want, but we're not going to quit speaking of Jesus. We're not going to quit speaking of Jesus. So the court beat them almost to death, and they sent them off, the apostles. They sent the apostles off, and they left doing what? They rejoiced. They rejoiced because they found, they counted worthy, they were found counted worthy of being beaten for the gospel. And they rejoiced. The second example in Acts is Acts 6 and 7, so two chapters over, one chapter and two chapters over of, these, of Stephen. So if you remember Stephen, and if you're in the youth group, you should be able to explain to your parents right now who Stephen was, and you should be able to explain to him, to, to your parents, why Stephen took up his cross and how he took up his cross. But Stephen, if you weren't in youth group, but Stephen, he was uh, one of the first deacons that we, that we see in Scripture. And in, in Acts 6, the Scripture said that he was full of the Spirit. And he was speaking great things. He was just speaking the gospel to everybody. And what happened to him? The, the people that were mad at him, and so they charged him with crimes that weren't actually his, that he didn't actually do. So they arrested him. And then he goes into this long speech of, look, you, you never accepted uh, your fathers, the prophets, your fathers did not accept Abraham and Moses. And you also aren't accepting the Messiah. And what happened to him? He was stoned to death. But in that, he rejoiced He rejoiced and worshipped Jesus. But at the end of that, the last two verses says he forgave those who were stoning him. He forgave those who were stoning him. Those two examples in Scripture are perfect for those who took up their cross. They were willing to be shamed, opposed, suffer, and die for Jesus. Stephen did all four of those in, in, in Acts 6 and 7. In Acts 5, the, the apostles, they didn't die, but they did. Eventually, they all died. All the apostles died for the gospel. Now, now we're going to look at some more recent examples. And when I mean recent, the first one we're going to look at is in the 1700s. Um, but so that's more recent than the examples that we looked at in the Bible. But in the 1700s, there was a man named uh, John Leonard Dobear and another man named David Nietzscheman. And these two men were in church. They were in their young 20s. These men were in church, and the pastor was speaking about this slave owner in the West Indies who owned probably about 3,000 slaves. 
And every single one of these slaves would have died without the gospel preached to them. And they would have all died without Jesus. Now, now Dober and Nishman, they were they found this to be devastating. They were distraught by the whole situation. And so what did they decide to do? They decided that they were going to go to the West Indies, to this island, to sell themselves into slavery so they could reach these slaves with the gospel. So that's what they did. And the story goes that they were joining, they were getting on the boat, saying goodbye to their family and friends, thinking they would probably never come back. And they get on this boat, and they, they're, they're sailing off into the sea. And the story goes that they lift up their hands, and one of them says, May the land that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. The next recent story is Jim Elliot. This story is probably one that's very familiar to all of you. Jim Elliot was a missionary to Ecuador. And it's really his story and several others and, and Jim and Elizabeth uh, Elliot. Jim Elliot died sharing the gospel in Ecuador. Now they all died, all these men, for the sake of the gospel. Now Dober and Nishun, I think they actually came back. They didn't die in the West Indies. But all these men were willing to be shamed, oppose, suffer, and die for Jesus. They all were willing to take up their cross for the gospel. Now look, I'm not telling, telling us here today that we all should go to the worst part of the world the most dangerous part of the world for the gospel, I'm telling us that we need to be bold for the gospel where we're at. We need to be able to take up our cross where we're at now, in our workplaces, in our home. And that we need to deny ourselves and to take up our cross in Raleigh, North Carolina. And that we need to be bold for the gospel in Raleigh, North Carolina. So that's the question I have. Are we willing to be bold for the gospel? Are we willing to take up our cross for the gospel? So a question to talk about in bridge groups is, what does taking up our cross look like in Raleigh, in the RDU area? What does taking up our cross look like for us today? To do that means we need to be in Scripture we need to know what the Lord the Lord says. And that we just need to trust in God and be bold for the gospel. And so some of us might need to pray and ask the Lord to help us be bold for the gospel and to help us take up his cross, to take up our cross for the gospel. And that we are to die to ourselves. The old self is gone. The new self is put on. And that we want to be filled with Jesus. So that's what I want you to think about this week and to pray about this week. How can I take up my cross and be bold for the gospel? Am I willing to be shamed for the gospel? Am I willing to be opposed for the gospel? Am I willing to suffer for the gospel? 
Am I willing to die for the gospel? Let's pray. God, thank you for this day and thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And I just I just pray that we don't look to our own interests, that we look to you and that we are willing to take up our cross every day. And that we are willing to be bold for you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I love you and I, I just thank you for seeing me, my sin and my fallenness and love and loving me. You love me anyways. So God, I pray I glorify you and give you honor in all I do. So God, I, I praise you and I pray um, these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, uh, I thank you for joining and uh, I, I appreciate you guys uh, watching last week and discussing in Bridge Group the last week about denying yourself and um, ready and, and interested to see how Bridge Groups go this week and talking about taking up our cross. Um, so I hope you guys have a great week and, uh, and just know that the bridge loves you and that Jesus loves you.